Thanks for checking out the weekly Harmony Church podcast. For more information and resources about Harmony Church or any of the Harmony events, check out the Harmony Church website or Harmony Church Facebook page today. I'm going to talk about a topic tonight that um, is is just a snippet, really, of a much, much bigger topic in the relational series. And my topic tonight is being a powerful person. And uh, what is it? what it means to be a powerful person. But some of the things I'm going to talk about are really special to me because when I was, uh, you know, a lot younger, I really wished I'd known some of this stuff because it would have actually um, prevented me from going down some wrong tracks in a few areas and, and having some of the relationship breakdowns and fractures that I had or uh, kept me paralysed in a number of places. And, uh, you know, actually there's nothing like a relationship breakdown or uh, disapproval from somebody to keep you paralysed. And sometimes words that are spoken over our lives from significant people in our our lives can actually paralyse us uh, for, for, for a long period of time. And sometimes we never get free. Never get free. What's that? Is that someone's microphone? Okay. (laughs) Uh, But to start, I just want to pray um, because I feel that God is really wanting to bring breakthrough in a number of your lives tonight. There's a number of you who are paralyzed and perhaps ill-equipped in terms of relationship dynamics and relationship structure. And it's a topic that I'm really, really fascinated with. I did first stage psychology. And so some of of what I'm going to say is probably perhaps a wee bit more along those lines than than a preach tonight. But uh, let's, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I just bring this time before you and... I invite you, Holy Spirit, even right now, to be touching people's lives, to be dislodging old mindsets and old patterns, and to be creating moments for the people who are sitting here tonight. Lord, I ask for listening ears and eyes to see. We commit this all to you, to your glory, Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right. So the topic is being a powerful person. And uh, so I just thought it'd be quite fun to have a look at some of the powerful people. Um, Who's heard of the Forbes list? Forbes business list. Uh, So every year they, they spit out a bunch of numbers and figures about who's the most Influential, who who earns the most money, who uh, does you know is the best at this, is the best at that. So what I've done is I've just um, taken a rundown of the top ten most powerful people, as uh, as talked about by uh, Forbes. And to start with, we've got we're going to do a countdown. So number ten, we've got Larry Page, who's the co-founder of Google. Number nine is Narendra Modi, Prime Minister of India. Number eight, Mohammed bin Salman al Saud, Crown Prince of Saudi Arabia. Then we have seven is Bill Gates. 
from the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Number six is Pope Francis, the head of the Catholic Church. Number five, Jeff Bezos, CEO of Amazon. Number four, Angela Merkel, Chancellor of Germany. Number three, Donald Trump, US President. Number two, Vladimir Putin, President of Russia. And anybody like to take a guess as to who's number one? We love you, Gideon, but you just don't have that much power. I'm sorry. <laughs> Anybody like to take a... No, the most powerful person in the world. Considered the most powerful, wields the most power. So we've got a photo of him. This is Xi Jinping, General Secretary of the Communist Party in China and leader of the world's most populated country and second largest economy. He has enormous power and influence. But how do we become powerful people? Have you ever thought about how to become a powerful person? You know, because we can feel like, wow, What's he got that I haven't got? <laughs> so I just looked it up a few things and, and a few tips about how to become a powerful person. And the first one is to become an excellent orator, someone who can profound truth, um, someone like Winston Churchill. So with his ability to speak, he actually was able to influence Nations. Uh, he would study the words that he would speak and he was very diligent about it. Uh, so he is, that's one thing you can do. You can become an excellent orator. Uh, number two is by writing an amazing book. The Bible's already written, <laughs> but it's probably the most influential book in the, in the planet. Uh, number three, by creating a breakthrough in science or an innovation. Can we have the next slide? <laughs> Many inventions have completely impacted. <laughs> well, I thought that was kind of cute. <laughs> That's very clever. Have any of you eaten two-minute noodles and not got yourself covered with rubbish? Uh, number four is by innovating next search engine or social media. Who out there is going to be the next inventor of, you know, the next Facebook or Instagram or whatever it is that you use? Number five, uh, to become a, a powerful person, you can become part of a mafia gang or operate as a mafia. And finally, number six, you could become Batman. <laughs> yes, come on, Batman. <laughs> but what does real power look like? In Mark 4, the disciples were caught in the storm while Jesus slept. Frightened, they woke him and then saw him demonstrate real power. If we can have those verses up. Jesus rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. 
and the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. He said to them, why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? I bet you Xi Jinping can't do that. (laughs) The disciples, recognising the power, were startled, frightened even. Who then is this, they were saying. Obviously, this is no ordinary man. This man's power changes the course of history, moves the hearts of kings, and controls the power of sin. This is a power that is truly astonishing. Who is this then? Like the disciples, we have to settle the question, who is this man? So if we can look at Matthew. Now, when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the son of man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. So the disciples' first answer was they ran through a list of the most famous people in their time. You know, Jeremiah, or perhaps he's a prophet. You know, they were, they were thinking, well, who's this powerful person? Maybe he's, he's one of them. Christ satisfies any man-made list of criteria. He tops any and all measures of power. His influence reaches all people. Philippians. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. So at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Wow. I can never sing that verse or say it without getting... Number two, his resources know no bounds. In Psalm 50, it says, For every beast of the forest is mine, the cattle on the thousand hills. I know all the birds of the hills and all all that moves in the field is mine. So rich. So wealthy. I'm just happy to have half a cow in my freezer, let alone own a thousand on a hill. (laughs) Number three, he touches more than one sphere or arena. So Isaiah says, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened, that it cannot save, or his ear dull, and it cannot hear. And he also isn't retired. He's still active. Who's on your most powerful list? Who do you give power to? Is it the prime minister, your employer, a family member, your boyfriend, your wife? Is Christ at the top of your list at all? Why don't you share with the person that you're sitting next to who's the most powerful person in your life? (laughs) So if we return to look at the Forbes list, there are 7.7 billion people on the planet 
And it also tells us there are but 75 who truly rule the world with their power and with their wealth. 7.7 billion people on the planet and billions more throughout history. But the Bible says that there is only one who rules the world. For what we use is it to for what use is it to gain all the wealth and power of this world with everything it could offer you at the cost of your own life? Personally, I believe the true superpower on earth is love. And we come to tonight because love is expressed through relationships. To be prized above all things, it says in Proverbs. In Proverbs it says, it's better to live all alone in a rickety shack than to share a castle with a crabby spouse. (laughs) Gideon, did you put that in there? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But as we look at the Kylo series, that's keeping your love on series, we're called to a higher responsibility around building relationship, about investing into community, about investing into connectedness. Session one of the Kylo series is about being a powerful person, about being powerful people. It talks about the power structure of a relationship. God has said, I choose you. I love you. In doing so, he is also moving towards us. In our relationships, we get to manage only our half our part. We don't get to manage the other person. Not ever. In relationships, we only ever get to manage our part. Not the other person's. Not ever. How about over here? In relationships... (laughs) We only ever get to manage our part, not the other person's. Can I have a thumbs up? Yeah. Awesome, 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 awesome. We get to say to the other person, I choose you, I care about you, and I love you, and I move towards you. Powerless people respond out of obligation and fear. They use powerless language, fear-based, and looking for someone to reduce them. Powerless people use a lot of blame shifting. Have you been trained to be powerless? I'm going to ask some friends to come up and do a wee role play here for me now. If you'd like to welcome Roland, Blake and Dominique Pope. Oh, hi Dominique. Do you reckon your skirt might be a touch short? (laughs) Hey Dad. Yeah? Me that my skirt's too short. Who is he to control me and tell me what I should and shouldn't wear? Um, man, I get frustrated with him. He should really be more careful with you. 
You know, it's just sometimes he's not very considerate. Oh, give me a hug, eh? Look, I'm going to sort this out for you. Look, I, I've talked to him before. We've had this discussion. It just doesn't seem to be listening, okay? I will fix it, all right? Okay. <laughs> Mate, what are you up to, eh? Come on, your sister, she gets, she's easily upset. And I mean, what business is yours that she's wearing a short skirt? I mean, come on. You could be a bit more careful. I mean, really? Oh, jeez. Jeez, is that all you've got to say? I mean, we've talked about this, haven't we, right? I mean, seriously. Come on. I mean, you can do better, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just, just think about it, okay? Think about what you're saying and, and yeah, just, just really be careful, okay? Yep. Thanks so much. I'm going to get you guys to come back in a minute. So now we're going to take a, a wee look at a, a short clip out of the Kylo series. <laughs> I hope that's a wee taster for those of you who aren't yet in a life group to do this series. You can see that it's powerful material. A victim gives their power away and convinces everyone around them that they're powerless. Have you ever done that? Man, I catch myself doing this all the time. You know, somebody comes and says they, you know, and they might not have even said something that's that bad, but I take offence. And I was like, Gideon, they were so mean to me. And then he goes, and he has done this. <laughs> what are you doing to my wife? <laughs> and of course I feel, see, I'm innocent. See, he took up my offence. He went and got them sorted out, and they were wrong, and they felt bad. Right? Are you recognising anything of yourself in this? The rescuer goes after the bad guy on behalf of the victim. But there are no bad guys. There are no bad guys. Powerful people refuse to be victims. They have no bad guys. Powerful people manage themselves and realise they can't control other people's responses. Powerful people's yes is yes and no is no. With triangulation, the issue never gets addressed. Because it gets hidden by the rescuer's response. The triangulation is created also division between the bad guy and the rescuer who might not have even had an offence. But when we take up an offence on behalf of somebody else and go in without hearing something in context, we can do damage not only to their relationship but to our relationship. Whether the bad guy was actually bad or not, because the victim doesn't address the problem with them directly, they never get the chance to own their issue. Yeah. And a victim, there's no motivation for me to look at my stuff because the rescuer has affirmed my status and I remain innocent. This is so destructive. Not only do things never get resolved... But division happens, and divisiveness is probably the most destructive force in teams, companies, 
families, marriages, friendships, and any other relational system. It not only prevents resolution, growth, and forward movement, but worse, it makes problems worse by using one person against another, creating further splits through the team, family, organization. And this is the point where people break off. They say, oh, I'm not going to be friends with you. And they come over here and they form new friendships. But the problem with that is they've never dealt with their stuff. So the next time they come into a relationship without having the courage and being brave to look at their stuff, they carry that stuff into the next relationship. They carry their stuff into the next workplace. They carry their stuff into the next church. Happens a lot. Becomes a stalemate. Victims learn to rely on the rescuers, but rescuers need the victims to feel needed. Because often rescuers are people who need, who, who feel, feel the need to be needed. And in taking up other people's causes, that need is met. But what does the Bible say? Let's go back to James 1.26. If someone believes they have a relationship with God but fails to guard his words... Then his heart is drifting away and his religion is shallow and empty. (laughs) I didn't know that was in the Bible, to be honest. (laughs) Even though James is my favorite book, but when I read it in this context, it kind of smacked me between the eyes. And then Ephesians, it says, No corrupting talk come out of your mouth, but only such as good for building up as fits the occasion, but it may give grace to those who hear. And then in Proverbs, this is, this is a piece of genius, this one. It's better to grab a mad dog by its ear than to meddle and interfere in a quarrel that's none of your business. 